0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and wherever you're watching or listening. This is the O NHL DFS Pick Show, and I'm your host, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy. Day four of the NHL playoffs, uh, we've had some really good games. We've had some blowouts as well, a couple of those there last night. Uh, Edmonton had a home to Los Angeles especially uh, let's hope for some closer games tonight because close playoff games are what uh, hockey fans live for, if not necessarily the fans of those specific teams. Got a shout out. Asobi uh, shared a screenshot with us in chat today, took down one of the show, Daily Dollar Showdowns last night. So congrats to him. We are brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a website where you do daily prop based contests. And if you want to join Prize Picks and get a bit of free money out of it, Use the promo code OSMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, for a $100 first match bonus. The nice thing about prize picks is there are no sharks, there are no optimizers, and there are no mass entries. So you don't have to worry about 20 or 150 entries or anything like that. Uh, You Use five-player lineups, and they can net up to 10 times your entry fee. And you can use your knowledge across multiple sports to create entries across multiple sports. Uh, if you want to get on to Price Picks, download the app in the App Store or on Google Play or just head right on over to PrizePicks.com. Use our free player props tool to help you out. And if you want to use that, just head on over to oddshopper.com. It is a free tool offered by Osmo that gives NHL, MLB, NBA player props and betting lines it, Typically, it's for shopping uh, for the best line across uh, various uh, legal entities, uh, legal online casinos and so forth. But um, you can also use it to kind of double check uh, your picks to see what our projections are and how they match up to what prize picks is offering. Get one month of Osmo Plus Platinum for free when you sign up using the link in the description of this video and when you make a deposit at Prize Picks, you will receive an email within 24 to 48 hours afterwards to redeem your free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Stick around to the end of the show. We will give you a couple of picks that you might want to use in your Prize Picks lineups tonight. All right, let's jump into these games. Our first game that we have to talk about Pittsburgh. 2.5 implied goal total. They're going into New York to face the Rangers. The Rangers have a 3.1 implied goal total. Obviously, there's some big injury news for the Penguins. Casey DeSmith uh, was injured in the last game. He will not be playing tonight. It will be Louis Deming in net and then their AHL goalie uh, backing him up. So they're on their third and fourth goalies here. Um, Ricard Raquel will also be out. I don't want to speculate, but it kind of looks like he got a concussion uh, in that last game, and a concussion means you're not coming back in two or three days' time. Maybe he'll be back in a week or so uh, if they're lucky. But we should also note um, they said Jason Zucker uh, could be a possibility for tonight. He has been injured a lot this year, frankly. Uh, but he has played well when he's been there. It, we probably won't know until close to warm-ups or at warm-ups whether or not he's actually in and where he'll play. Um, but the nice thing is, is that it is the first game of the slate, so there won't be any games locked when they hit the ice. Uh, so you can change your lineups as you wish. For now, we're going to assume that Kasperi Kapanen uh, jumps onto the second line for Pittsburgh as he did last game, uh, in place of Ricard Raquel, with Evan Rodriguez in turn jumping up to the third line. No changes for the Rangers. Um, we get asked a lot about line matching, and the Rangers don't typically super hard match. Like there are teams that will send out one line specifically, you know, against another top line almost exclusively throughout a game. The Rangers aren't one of those teams. In fact, if you look at game one, Mika Zibanejad only went up head-to-head against uh, the top line about half of his five-on-five ice time. Now, they don't just throw them out there against anyone. Um, The top line will probably play most against the top six from Pittsburgh. Uh, Same thing with that second line of Panarin, Strom, and Kopp. They'll play mostly against the top six from Pittsburgh. It's just it's a lot of, uh, in those uh, two matchups, you'll see a lot of top line against top line, second line against second line. If you want to take a look at our top stacks tool and top stacks uh, free today up on Osmo.com for anybody to check out, uh, you'll see Pittsburgh one coming in with almost no ownership. We have them at one point three percent over on DraftKings, and if you want to switch over to on FanDuel, uh, even less. Uh, There are obviously uh, very good reasons for that. Igor Shosturkin in net certainly being one of them, Uh, but it is one of the better leverage spots that we have on this entire slate um in fact they're right behind uh, another top line we'll talk about a little bit later for being uh this for having the second best leverage on DraftKings tonight uh if you switch it over on the fan duel they have the third best leverage so uh you know if you're one if you're a one lineup player it could be tough uh you know playing that one line uh with pittsburgh on the road going up against igor shesterkin when you have you know florida at home colorado at home, calgary at home uh but if you're playing you know 10 lineups, 20 lineups, uh, certainly 150 lineups. You might want to get a little bit of Pittsburgh in there because it is a very good line. Uh, they looked very good in game one, certainly a lot better than they had did in some games down the stretch of the regular season. So maybe uh, a little bit outlandish on Pittsburgh one. Uh Not in so much on the second line. Same thing on the Rangers side. Uh, not in so much on their second line. Um... They're coming in a little bit over-owned by our top stacks. And, uh, you know, Kapnan isn't a bad defensive winger. Uh, him and Malkin have pretty good defensive numbers together this year. So, uh, you know, if you want to get some Rangers in there for some sort of power play stack, then I think that's fine to get a Panarin or a Strom in there f- from that second line. But otherwise, I might even dip down to the third line for the Rangers here. Um, wouldn't full stack them. The Hedl, Lafreniere, Cackle line but that Pittsburgh third line with Jeff Carter and Evan Rodriguez like Carter and Rodriguez just haven't played well together this year um for whatever reason uh, Rodriguez has played well just about every uh, with about any other center uh, except for Jeff Carter so um you know the Rangers at the line probably should have had a goal uh, in that uh game uh in that game one so uh they were active they did get a little bit outplayed but they were creating some chances so maybe if you want a two man you know Hilton Lafreniere or Lafreniere or Caco. Uh, To get up to those expensive stacks we'll talk about later, I think that's just fine. On the blue line, I think it's uh, probably uh, the same guys that we talked about last game. Jacob Truba uh, had a very good uh, game with an assist, seven shots and a couple blocks. Now, obviously, uh, three overtimes will certainly help, but, you know, he does put up peripherals uh, on a regular basis. On the Pittsburgh side, one player I want to mention is Michael Matheson. Um, I know he's not... Uh, he's typically been kind of made fun of in some analytic circles. But in an interview late in the season, he talked about how he wanted to jump up into the play more and how that's kind of expected of him now, especially in the modern NHL. And just watching the game, he certainly seemed as if he was jumping up into the play quite a bit. So if you don't want to spend all the way up for Chris Letang, um, I think spending down to Mike Matheson for a very reasonable price, 3200 on DraftKings is perfectly fine. Um, let's get to our next game then. Washington going into Florida. Washington has a 2.8 implied gold total. Florida sitting at 3.9. Uh small change on the Florida side of things. Uh, they move Sam Reinhardt to the second line with Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto. Move Claude Giroux down to the third line with Anton Londell, Mason Marchman. Uh on the Washington side, uh Tom Wilson, uh, he's going to be out tonight. Uh, They're saying he's injured. Brett Leeson has jumped into the lineup. He'll go to the fourth line with Garnett Hathaway moving from the fourth line to the third line, uh, taking the spot with Lars Eller and Anthony Mantha. Um, One thing I want to say is that Florida third line has typically played very, very well uh, this year, but the, the, Numbers, the scoring chance numbers without Sam Reinhart on their line aren't that great. 33-4 per 60 minutes, 33 against per 60 minutes. So break even, allowing a lot of chances. Now, Claude Giroux obviously is no slouch. He should not that big of a drop off from Sam Reinhardt, truth be told. Um, but that Florida third line could be a little bit worse defensively. And, you know, Tom Wilson's obviously now he's injured. But I thought that Washington third line in a game where they outplayed uh, Florida was uh, the best line for the Caps. Uh, in that game. So maybe, you know, you don't have to full stack that line, but if you want to one-off somebody like Anthony Manta, uh, we have him with a strong DraftKings projection 7.8 DK points for only $3,400, really not that bad. Um, He's a lot more expensive over on FanDuel, and the value doesn't work out as well there, but on DraftKings, I think he's certainly playable uh, as a one-off. Sam Reinhart moving to that second line with Florida is very interesting for me. Obviously, like I just said, uh, he helped that Anton Lundell line a lot. So um, I think Florida, two would be perfectly fine to use here tonight. Uh, They're coming in with high ownership. Just to check uh, over it in our top stacks tool again, you see them 17% top stack chance, 18.5% ownership. So obviously they're coming in fairly widely owned. uh, But two of the guys are on the top power play unit. Washington does have a very good penalty kill. We talked about that in the last video. But uh, two guys on the top power play unit. Um, you know, Reinhardt and Huberto have played well together in a limited sample here this, this season, um, you know, 59% of scoring chances go to Florida when Reinhardt and Huberto play together on that second line, scoring 3.7 goals per 60 minutes. Uh, that's again in the regular season, but still very, very good. So even though they're high owned, I think, uh, Putting together that Florida two line, uh, there are some much lower owned lines, like we just talked about Pittsburgh one that you can mix in to try to get some lower ownership. So I do like that Florida second line going up against that Washington second line a fair bit here tonight, though they do not hard match uh, outright. On the blue line, um, you know, I talked about in the last show how it's the depth guys from Washington that tend to block the most shots. Uh, I expect a much better game out of Florida here in this game. So there could be some shot blocking opportunities. I'm just not sure uh, that they're going to get enough ice time to get that block bonus over on DraftKings. So I think, again, I would probably just go back to Dmitry Orloff if you're looking for a cheap defenseman from the Caps. Over on the Florida side, Mackenzie Wegar's price has come up, uh, thankfully, over on DraftKings. He's up to 4,600. I think that's still very reasonable for what he can do. Um, you know, he does put up good peripherals. Uh, I think it's fine, um, you know. Especially when you look at Gustav Forsling, forty-one hundred. You know, I'd certainly rather play a Mackenzie Weegar for five hundred dollars more over on DraftKings. Um, you know, if you look over on FanDuel, Weegar uh, is, um, you know, even there, not that much more expensive. We'll need hundred dollars more expensive. So I think uh, playing Mackenzie Weegar certainly uh, makes a lot of sense, um, especially where they're coming in at roughly uh, the same ownership. Vitek Vanacek, uh, you know, I think if we're expecting a much better game from Florida, and I am, um, you know, they rested some of their top stars down the stretch. Maybe they're a little rusty in Game One. I think we're going to get a much better game. You know, it, it seems like if Washington is going to take two games on the road here, Vanacek might have to win this one for them. So it, maybe he could get blown out of the water. Uh, that's what happens when you face a very highly potent offensive team like uh, Florida. But don't mind Vanacek, uh for s- people playing several lineups in GPPs uh, going to Nashville and Colorado. I think, you know, game one kind of went sort of how everybody expected. I don't think they expected Colorado to score what four goals in the first 10 minutes or whatever it was. Um, David Riddick certainly didn't play well. I suspect uh, we're going to see Connor Ingram uh, here for uh, the Nashville Predators. Uh, he's not uh, confirmed as of yet when we're recording this video, but I can't imagine them going back uh, to Riddick after the way he played Uh, In game one, Um, maybe they're just hoping Ingram can pull out one game for them before uh, UC Saros returns. Now, obviously, on the Colorado side, we're looking at a lot of ownership uh, from that team. Uh, Again, looking at our top stacks, 43% top stack percentage, but 28% ownership for the Colorado top line on DraftKings. And for the second line, 21% ownership, negative leverage for that second line. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with the ownership rates is the thing is, uh, you know, that that Colorado second line and a bit of the third line really just ran over the Ryan Johansson line uh, for Nashville in the last game. Um, that line just it doesn't seem like it would play well, and they certainly did not play well. Um, you know, if you just want to pick one guy off that line and make it some sort of power play stack, you know, grab a cadre or something like that and turn into a power play stack, I think you can do that. Um, I think Josh stacking, I, you know, we saw it in game one is certainly viable taking six players. If you're playing on draft Kings from Colorado, in that case, you might grab some players from the second line as well, but obviously the top line is a show here. They played very, very well together. Um, they, you know, pretty much ran over uh, anybody they were sent out against. Uh, hopefully they can do that again here tonight. Really do like the Colorado top line or call out Colorado power play stack. Again, on the Nashville side, Um, You're seeing uh, decent ownership uh, coming in again on that Nashville top line, coming in at about 10% own against an 11% top stack percentage. So we're out on Nashville one again tonight. But that Jeanneau-Sissons training line actually had a decent game for them, despite them being completely blown out of the water. And that Colorado third line, you know, Comfort and Nicholas Obey-Cubell didn't really play that well together this year. Uh, About 50% of the scoring chance share when they were on the ice. I don't know if Andre Burakoski is going to make that big of a difference. And Sissons, uh Tranan and Janot, they're the only line Nashville had in game one where each player had at least one scoring chance. So, you know, everybody was getting involved. I think if you want to look to that Nashville third line for a one off, it's perfectly acceptable. On the blue line again for Colorado, it's the big guys, uh, McCarr and Tate, uh, McCar and Tate, sorry. Uh, we saw how well they can do in game one. Uh, no reason to expect that they'll just completely fall off the map in game two. It just depends what you want to do with the rest of your lineup, considering the price difference for them uh, is about $3,000 over on DraftKings. A uh, little bit more reasonable on FanDuel. I would probably just go right to kill McCarr on FanDuel. Um, if you want to avoid high ownership, then Taves is fine, but McCarr just has such a higher projection over on FanDuel for a relatively closer price. Getting to our final game, Dallas going into Calgary. Dallas 2.1 implied goal total, Calgary at a 3.4 implied Goal total. Dallas kind of went full blender uh, with most of their lines, not the top line, but certainly their second, third, and fourth lines uh, in their last game. Uh, we, we're showing uh, Luke Glendening playing with Tyler Sagan and Vladislav Nemesnikov with Jamie Bent, uh jumping down to the third line for Dallas. Uh, that's how they had their lines for a fair bit uh, in game one. Uh, we'll see if we get an update from the coach. I doubt we will. And again, that's the problem is this is the last game of the slate. Uh, We may not know what their lineup, their second and third lines look like until warm up. So just keep that in mind if you're using Dallas depth here tonight. Uh, Oddly enough, like Dallas played them pretty well uh, in game one. Uh, Calgary, you know, didn't really do a whole lot with their power play opportunities. The top line um, didn't play that well. Honestly, it was their second and third lines. I thought, uh, played much better. I think maybe some credit goes to the Dallas top line. But Calgary doesn't really hard match uh, their lines either. So, um, you know, I suspect the top line for Calgary is going to come out with a better showing here tonight. And also, we had that Klingberg and Rasmus Anderson dust-up in the last game that led to, you know, those guys getting kicked out. Uh, Michael Raffle uh, got in a fight with Matthew Kachuk. Uh, there are a lot of penalties. Uh, it, if Dallas take, gives Calgary four or five, uh power plays again here tonight. You know, the Flames power play has shown itself to be way too good this season uh to really uh to be completely left off uh the scoreboard again. Um, you know, I know Elias Lindholm scored that power play goal, but uh the power play, the power play really didn't look that great. Uh if you look at our top stacks tool, uh they're coming in with positive leverage on DraftKings. Uh they're coming in with positive leverage uh on FanDuel. On FanDuel they're very expensive. They're not that much uh cheaper than um they're they're just a bit cheaper than Colorado and Pittsburgh top lines I must say so you know very good leverage but tough to fit uh the whole line in uh unless you're one-offing a bunch of players elsewhere so maybe they make a little bit more sense to full stack uh on DraftKings. maybe over on FanDuel you just grab a couple of the guys uh the Calgary third line is what kind of interested me when I was looking at the slate, but then I look at their ownership. They're coming in with 4% ownership um, by our top stacks tool. That's that's really high for a third line where none of the guys are on the top power play unit. And to be frank, uh, Jamie Benn, Dennis Gurianoff and Michael Raffle actually played well together this year. Um, I'm not expecting them to, you know, uh, completely run over Calgary. Uh but Raffle is a better player than I think people give him credit for. Uh, Jamie Ben is, isn't really a bad center. He's a bad, better center than a winger at this point of his career. And Dennis Gurianoff certainly can score at any given moment. So I think it's another one of those, if you want to grab two out of the three uh, for a two-man stack or something like that, I think that Ben Gurianoff-Raffle line would be something to look at. But again, we don't know if exactly that's going to be the lineup. So just something to keep in mind when you're making your lineups for tonight's DFS slate. I will say, I just, I really do like um, the Calgary top line uh, again here tonight. I think I would prefer to play them over some of the uh, you know higher owned lines like uh, Colorado one or even or even Florida two. Honestly, at this point, I think uh, it, it Calgary's Calgary's top line has shown itself just to be too good, too consistently to you know keep having bad five on five games like they did uh, in game one. Um, as far as the goalies go uh jacob Marsham is our highest projected goalie now the reason for that uh is his shutout potential because dallas really doesn't score a ton of goals obviously game 1 is kind of a uh, proof of that uh, but i do uh don't mind jake Odinger for uh you know kind of an off off the path uh, gpp play we haven't coming in under 5% tonight over on fanduel uh if you want to check uh his ownership over on draftkings it's coming in at, a, at around 4% you know, nobody's going to be playing Ottinger. He's definitely a goalie that is good enough uh, to steal a game on the road. Uh, and, you know, like I said, Calgary didn't really play uh, particularly well in game one. If they don't have a better showing here tonight, you know, maybe Ottinger steals this one, one uh, nothing or 2 nothing or something like that. On the blue line, um, you know, there's just not a lot that I, I really enjoy in this game. Um, Miro Haskinen probably will get a ton of ice time as he typically does. In the playoffs, so him coming in with low ownership, I don't really mind using him. Uh, that's it for me from Dallas uh, on the Calgary side. Chris Tanev actually led them a ice time with Rasmus Anderson out in the last game. Um, I don't; he probably won't lead them a ice time again. But you know, I mentioned in the last show, he's a guy that does like to block shots. So if you're playing on DraftKings, don't mind Chris Tanev as a cheap defenseman here tonight. All right, that'll do it for us. As I mentioned earlier, we do have some prize picks for everybody uh, here tonight. First one, Mika Zibanejad, over two and a half shots on goal. We haven't projected for 3.3 shots on goal with a 68% expected win percentage. So we do like the over on Mika Zibanejad shots on prize picks tonight. And we also like Matthew Kachuk uh, from the Flames, over two and a half shots as well. Uh, We haven't projected for 3.1 with a 63% expected win percentage. So we like Mika Zibanejad and Matthew Kachuk over on prizepicks.com tonight. That'll do it uh, for us here today. Uh, Josh will be back with you guys tomorrow. I will be back with you guys on Saturday. Enjoy the playoffs, everybody, and good luck tonight. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.